I want to kind of begin and introduce kind of this uh, thing or message or whatnot that God's been talking to me about and want to kind of introduce it to you guys tonight. So we are, we're still talking about the fact that we are the righteous, um, but the title of this message is going to be a little different. So if the team in the back can just maybe make this adjustment, um, it is knowing the currency of the blood, knowing the currency of the blood. Um, currency is generally an accepted form of payment. Amen. Uh, it's usually issued by a government and then it's circulated within a jurisdiction. Uh, currency is just another form of the word money. Amen. Uh, it's what we use to exchange. You know, I, I give you this and as a result, I get that. Uh, the definition that I found uh, on the Internet for currency is a system of money in general use in a particular country. Now, the value of currency fluctuates. You know, a dollar, what it's worth right now, might not be what it's worth next week, depending on what's happening with economies and politics and all that type of stuff. The, the normal value of currency can fluctuate, amen? If you've ever traveled overseas uh, or anywhere outside of America, you understand in some places our dollar is stronger, in some places it ain't so strong, amen? Uh, and oftentimes, you know, you'll go somewhere and you can get more for your dollar, but then you'll go somewhere else, like let's say like the UK or something like that, and all of a sudden in the United Kingdom, your dollar is worth maybe half, you know, of what it is or 75% of what it is here in America. So the value can, can literally move back and forth depending on what the markets are doing. Um, so currency, again, is a way of exchange. It's the way that we buy something or purchase something uh, for, our, you know, our benefit and favor. And I want to tell you tonight that there are many different types of currency that operate in our world. You have coins, you have cash, uh, you have uh, things like um, stocks and bonds and all that type of stuff. You can use that for purchase uh, purposes. But then when I looked at the word, you know, I was like, well, what what this got to do with the blood? And then God showed me, he said, the blood was the currency that bought you. And I said, okay, Lord, that sounds fantastic, but you got to show this to me. So I got a story. You want to hear it? Here it go. Um, <laughs> go with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse uh, 13. Colossians 1, 13. And uh, let's go into the New Living Translation. We'll put it up here on the screen for you guys, and we'll just also follow along together. And you're going to see something amazing in how this obviously goes right hand in hand with the fact that we are indeed uh, the righteous. Amen? Amen? Because many people, you know, they, they say we're the righteous and, and things like that, but they don't have the foundation of understanding what did Jesus do to actually make us uh, righteous. And that's what it talks about here in Colossians. Uh, all right. So it says, for he has done what? rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and then transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, if you notice, that's a capital S, amen? So who's, who's the dear son that he's talking about? Jesus. Amen. He's talking about Jesus. Uh, let's keep going. Who did what? Purchased. Purchased our freedom 
and forgave our sins. So Jesus was used to purchase our freedom and forgive our sins. Now that word just jumped out at me right there. You know, this is a transaction that took place. And as we just discussed, in order for a transaction to take place, there had to be something that was exchanged. Our freedom and the forgiveness of our sins were what was purchased. And they cost somebody something. And so I begin to look at that and say, well, first of all, I know that it cost Jesus his life, but Lord, what did you use to pay for this? Uh, well, let's keep reading. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities the unseen, in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. How many of you guys know that Jesus was a big deal? And he still is. Amen? Uh, let's keep going. 17. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Verse 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Now, this is the same Christ. This is the same Jesus who God used to purchase your freedom. What you ought to be seeing, just even in this scripture before we continue on in it, is how important you are to God. For God to literally use Jesus, who is this important to save you and I, shows us how much God loves us. Let's keep going. Verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Verse 20. And through him God reconciled there's another transactional word. He reconciled what to himself? Everything. Everything, everyone. Everything and everyone that was wrong, he used Christ to reconcile us to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Here's the currency. By means of Christ blood on the cross. So it wasn't just his body. It was his blood. You notice it didn't say by Christ's body on the cross. It was the blood. Somebody say the blood. The blood. It was the blood that purchased our freedom. It was the blood or it is the blood that purchased forgiveness of our sins. And I want to tell you that if the blood did its job, then you're good to go. Amen. And I got good news. The blood did do its job. Yes. Now, why did he have to use Christ's blood? Let's talk about it a little bit in here. Why the blood? The blood is the life. Wow. We all going with that answer? Anybody else? Sin has to be yeah, yeah. Sin. No, okay, awesome. Sin has to be paid for with blood. How come? Where do we get that from? Sacrifice. 
Uh, okay, almost there. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Because the wages of sin are death, and so mm -hmm. it requires a death. Mm -hmm. Yep, wages of sin are death, and it requires a death to take care of the sin. If you go back into the Old Testament, what was the way that sins had to be taken care of? The blood of bull and goats, and it had to be a blood sacrifice, clean sacrifice. No blemishes or anything like that. Perfect sacrifice. And there was only one human being who lived the life, lived the law, fulfilled the law, and qualified as the perfect sacrifice for all mankind, and that was Jesus. God had a way that he set up how sins could be forgiven. And he couldn't break that way. It required blood. It required death. And so... The only person that could qualify of, for that was Jesus. So what God did was he made a plan and said, listen, I'm going to send myself in the form of Jesus so that I can reconcile man back unto me. Because we're the only one who can do this. We're the only one who can, who can go down there and fulfill this law and live it the way it's supposed to be lived. See, that's why it's not a coincidence why I said all of what, who Jesus was before that. He, would, he, he, he was there and everything was created through him and by him. So surely he knows how to fulfill this law and to live this thing out. He wasn't just any person. This is God Almighty in the flesh. And so God said, the way I'm going to work this out is I'm going to reconcile man to myself by myself. But it's going to require blood. It's going to require death. It's not going to require gold. It's not going to require silver. It's not going to require cash. It's not going to require time. It's going to require blood. Now, instead of it being your blood and my blood, it was Christ's blood on the cross that saved us all. Let's keep looking at this. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Ephesians 1, 7. And then uh, we'll, we'll read, we're going to read a few scriptures here. Ephesians 1, 7. Yeah, maybe I should turn to it here too. Oh, up there? Okay. Um, it says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he did what? Read that with me. Purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That's why you don't ever let nobody tell you that grace message. I don't know what they're talking about with that. That's what this thing is all about. Because of his kindness and his grace, that's why he made the purchase. I said this the other day. I said God purchased you with the blood of his son, and he's well pleased with his purchase. God does not have buyer's remorse when it comes to you. Amen? Amen. He's not trying to put you back. For some of us, he, he, he maybe should. But no, he, he, he don't want to put none of us back. He don't want to trade you in. He is absolutely good with his purchase. And, 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 and let me go one step further. And for people to try to condemn you or shame you or whatever like that, because you may make a mistake or whatever like that, that's almost like spitting on the, 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 the decision of Jesus, to, I mean, of God to purchase you. It's like somebody coming over and they don't like the color of your car. Well, that ain't your car. 
come in talking about my car. They come in, you know, got a problem with your curtains. Yeah. But don't, 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 don't look at them. <laughs> but don't talk about my purchase because I'm pleased with my purchase. And that's what God is saying. You need to know that God is not displeased with you. Just because somebody else got something to say, mm -hmm. God has nothing but good things to say about you. As a matter of fact, he's bragging on you. Oh, look, at, look at my son. Look at my daughter. God's not worried about you in any way, shape, form, or fashion because you know all is well because he's the one that made the purchase. So he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Verse 8. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. So when you were purchased by the blood of Jesus, it wasn't just that your sins were forgiven. There were benefits now that came with the blood. You have all wisdom. What is wisdom? Knowing what to do when I don't know what to do. Is there anybody in the room who don't know what to do right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> and if that's the case, what should we do? I go back and I stand on the promise of the blood. The blood has promised me all wisdom and understanding. See, it's one thing to have wisdom and then have understanding of knowing when and how to apply that wisdom. Oh, wow. There is nothing you can't figure out because of the blood of, the Je uh, blood of Jesus. There's nothing you can't figure out because you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. So he showered us with his kindness and then along with all wisdom and understanding, verse 9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. That's referring to what we just read a minute ago in the sense of he reconciled us by himself. That was the plan of Christ. Verse 10, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of who? Christ, everything in heaven and on earth, verse 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ. Do you see that? I thought I just had Christ. I thought I was just supposed to be like Christ. He says, no, 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 no. You are united with Christ. You are one with Christ already. Now, this all started with what? The blood. We have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything, not some things, everything work out according to his plan. No matter what's going on in your life, it's going to work out according to the plan of God. Amen? Amen. Verse 12. God's purpose was that the Jews who were uh, the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, that will be us, have also heard the truth. Now, what is it calling the truth? What does it say right after that? The good news. The, good news. the gospel. The word. What is the truth? What's the good news? What's the gospel? What's the word? That Jesus died and rose again for our sins. That Jesus did it all. And that I'm the righteousness of God. And I'm saved because of what he did, not because of what... I have to do. It was his blood, not my blood. It was the sweat from his brow that fell. 
so I don't have to sweat for mine. It is all about what he did. That's the good news. That's the truth. And that's what saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Let's keep going. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased, there it is again, us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So what he's saying is, is the Holy Spirit is like God's stamp on the inside of you. Your spirit is sealed in the Holy Spirit. And that's, you know, and that's why we know we are not only saved, but going to stay saved in that sense. But then outside of that, it says here something very interesting. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you and he's constantly reminding you that you are a child of God? That you have an inheritance with God? He's not just there just to just hang out. He's there to actively do a job. He's consulting with you. He's encouraging you. He's motivating you. He's telling you that, listen, you have an inheritance. And you've been purchased by God. Say that with me. Say, I've been purchased by God. Say it again. I've been purchased by God. Now, if you've been purchased by God, then what does that mean concerning the devil? He has no claim. He has no right. He ain't got no receipts on you. He ain't got no papers on you. <laughs> the only person that owns your life is God. And that's good news. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. That, that's the reason to give him praise. Father, I thank you that I am truly yours. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith, Paul is saying to the church of Ephesus in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly in verse 17, asking God, the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. We're, that's what we're talking about all these years is knowing God. And as we've been talking about knowing God, we've been talking about now we are the righteous. And like I said, that's why we're on the blood at this exact second, because I'm righteous because of the blood. But I have to understand that this blood is a currency that is not going to fail. The world currency one day might fail, but the blood of Jesus will never fail. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. All right. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 18, verse, uh, 1, uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 18. All right. It's like right when I get it, y'all get it. All right. <laughs> All right. For you know that God paid a what? He paid a what? What do you, who do you pay a ransom to? <laughs> but that's the truth. <laughs> you pay a ransom to a thief, one who has stolen someone. And that's what the enemy did. He, he's, a, he's a thief. He's, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But again, he has no claim to you because God paid a ransom to save you. 
from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. That seed of sin that was on the inside of us all has no effect in your life anymore. Ain't no generational curses bothering you. You've been purchased. The only generational thing you got is a generational blessing from your father. So that's what you need to start. I have a generational inheritance from God. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. What was my thing paid with? The blood. The highest currency known to man. When you have this thing in the natural called an exchange rate, an exchange rate is the current value of any currency in exchange for another currency. And this particular rate fluctuates constantly in response to economic and political events. But nothing changes the blood of Jesus. Economics doesn't change the blood of Jesus. Politics don't change the blood of Jesus. Your sin doesn't even change the blood of Jesus. How people feel about Jesus don't change the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is powerful. And the blood of Jesus has purchased you. And the blood of Jesus will remain as perfect as it is. And as a result, your salvation, your righteousness, your prosperity, your promise, your inheritance is all safe because the blood will always keep its value. Yeah. Never it will never. I like y'all. We preach together. <laughs> it will never <laughs> lose its power. And, and that's the thing we need to understand is the blood. As long as the blood's good, I'm good. As long as the blood stays, keeps its power, I keep my inheritance. It is not dependent upon me. Now, because of the good blood, because of the, the sacrifice Jesus made, because of God's love, I want to praise him. I want to live for him. My good behavior comes out of thanksgiving for the blood. But it's not my good behavior that earns me the blood. Nowhere in here does it say, I get the blood because I'm good. It said, because God's good, he had his son shed his blood. So God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Verse 19, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. I asked you earlier, how come the blood? That's why. It had to be a sinless, spotless lamb to be sacrificed. It says God chose you, chose, sorry, God chose him as your ransom long before he saw you coming. <laughs> God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. That alone just ought to be something we just ought to lift our hands and just give God praise for. That he has been revealed now for our sake. I need you to understand that this life that God has given you cost a whole son. It cost a whole savior. It cost a whole God in the flesh. It cost a king of kings. And he gave himself freely for you and I. And he not trying to return you now. 
Go with me to 1 Corinthians 7.23. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. 1 Corinthians uh, 7.23. Thank you, God, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. 1 Corinthians 7.23. We're going to read this out of the NLT and then in a couple of other spots, too. Uh, it says, God paid what? God pray what? You wasn't cheap. <laughs> God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. Now, I didn't say don't be enslaved by the world, and then God will pay a high price for you. He paid a high price for you while you were yet sinners. But he paid a high price for you. Uh, let's look at this in the Amplified. In the Amplified, uh, what did I say, 23? Yeah, you were bought with a price, purchased with a precious and uh, with a precious and paid for by who? Christ. By Christ. Then do not yield yourselves up to become, in your own estimation, slaves to men, but consider yourself what? Slaves, slaves to Christ. Christ. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness. And paid for by Christ. This, 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 this exchange was a precious thing. It's like when you go and buy a, a diamond ring for your spouse, or you go and buy a precious gift for your mom when you're traveling or something. This is a it, it was a special, precious moment. It wasn't something he did and just took lightly. And so he said, as a result, with the, with the same preciousness and the same honor and the same respect and the same value that he made that exchange, we ought to be willing to exchange our lives. Not because we got to. He didn't have to do this. And we don't have to give our lives. But man, because we love him so much because he first loved us, ought to be willing to say, not my will, your will be done. John uh, 1930. Let me show you just the moment when Jesus purchased us. Isn't God good? John 19, what did I say, 30? Uh, let's, let's go up to uh, actually 28. It says, uh, after this, Jesus knowing that all was now what? Finished. This is him up on the cross. All was now finished. How come? Well, everything's being fulfilled. The lamb was up on the cross, his blood being shed. Everything had ended. Said in fulfillment of the scripture, I thirst. And it gives the reference for that. A vessel, a jar full of sour wine vinegar was placed there, so they put a sponge soaked in that sour wine on a stalk or a reed of hyssop, like a long stick, and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. At that moment of death, at that moment of sacrifice, that's the moment that changed everything for you and I forever. At that moment, the exchange was made. His life for ours. 
It says he took on all of our sickness, all of our sin, all of the shame. The chastisement of our peace was where? At this moment upon him. We have peace because of what our Savior did. And when he did this, we became purchased. We became God's property, never to be the enemies again. Amen. Amen. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Uh, let's go to chapter 6. First Corinthians 6. I'm sure glad I obeyed God and shared this with y'all tonight. Amen. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6, uh, let's go to verse 19. Yeah. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, we read about this earlier, that the Holy Spirit, once, once God made his purchase, he then put the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to witness that we're inheritance, to witness also that we're children of God. So this doesn't contradict anything. This actually proves, again, that scripture. So the Holy Spirit lives where? Inside. On the inside of us. He's the very, we are the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. Now, as long as that blood continues to do what the blood does, he's not moving out. Yes. I said he's not moving out. That's why you have all wisdom. That's why you have all understanding. That's why you have all knowledge. It's because he lives on the inside of you. The blood has brought you the Holy Ghost, whom you have received as a gift from God. It's a good gift. But now understand, because that gift is yours, you are not your own. See, this is where we kind of have gotten the law teaching mixed in with the grace-based teaching. And now that we're teaching grace, we still, we got to be careful not to throw away verse 19 that you're not your own. You can do what you want to do, but you're not your own. And if I love God, if I trust God, if I honor God, I am going to allow the Holy Spirit to help me live a life that's not for me but for him. You're not your own. Verse 20. You were bought with a price. As we just read earlier, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. That body ain't yours. So you better check with the owner before you drive it anywhere. <laughs> you better check with the owner. Before you share it or before you whatever. It's, it's up to the owner. Amen. Amen. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Now, again, that's been preached the wrong way and used as a thing to say, hey, if you do this and do that, then you're going to hell. That's, no, I'm going to honor God with my body because of what Jesus did. It all goes back to I'm the righteousness of God. If I do make a mistake with my body, God still loves me. But man, there has to be this maturity that happens in a believer that says, I'm going to honor God because of what he did for me. Not to earn anything. I, that, this is a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. Salvation's a gift. The blood of Jesus, the sacrifice he made, the currency that was paid for my life, it's all a gift. 
But now, because I've been given this gift, I want to turn around and honor. It's like a kid who gets given a car as a gift from mom and dad. And then when mom and dad need something from the store, I'm not going to throw an attitude. You gave me that car as a gift. So the last thing I'm going to do is stomp or, or, or roll my eyes because now I have to use this gift for you. The last thing I'm going to do is say, well, you going to give me gas money? <laughs> you the one that gave me the car. And I just out of sheer honor and respect, I'm going to use this car for you anytime you need. And see, this ought to be the pattern of not just our body, but everything in our lives as believers. Amen. Lord, I'm going to use my finances for your kingdom. Lord, I'm going to use my house for your kingdom. Lord, I'm going to use my car for your kingdom. Lord, I'm going to use my time for your kingdom. Just to honor you. That's what mature believers do. This is not my time. This is not my money. This is not my body. This is not, those aren't my kids. This is not just my wife. This, is, this all is yours. And I'm going to, because I wouldn't have none of this if it wasn't for the blood. So I'm going to bring glory to him with every part of my life, but especially with this body that he gave me. Amen? Amen. Titus 2.14, and then we'll get ready to close. Man, our time flew by. Amen. <laughs> Titus 2.14. It says, uh, actually, let's go back to 13. You do read up there. Awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope, even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, who gave himself, why? On our behalf, that he might do what? Redeem us, purchase uh, our freedom. He gave himself. It was his willingness, a parallel almost to... Um, who was it? Uh, Abraham and Isaac? You know, he went up there and, uh, hey, dad, uh, I see the this and I see the that, but where's the, where's the sacrifice? That'd be you, son. Uh, <laughs> but he willingly did it, and then Jesus turned around and did the same thing. Uh, but he did it so he could purchase our freedom. Why? From all iniquity. And to purify for himself. Don't you ever let anybody doubt the fact that you're pure. You're not pure because of your actions. You're pure because of the blood. For you not to be purified from all iniquity would, be, would mean the blood didn't work. I mean, are you reading the same thing I read? Amen. Purified for himself a people eager, enthusiastic about beneficial deeds. Now, let's read all the details in there. It says, who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly, <laughs> peculiarly his own. Say, I'm his. His own people. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be his own people. Set apart, set aside, sanctified, as we said. That, that actually means something. It, and you might be peculiar. 
Some of y'all are real peculiar, glory to God. <laughs> but we're his own people <laughs> who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. Again, my good works are not to try to earn something, but my good works do exist because I want to honor God because I'm one of his peculiar people. So I'm not going to walk around cussing. I'm not going to walk around uh, having sex or acting a fool or committing adultery or whatever. I'm not, I don't want to do that. I mean, yeah, the blood has purchased me, and yeah, it's still working. But you know what? If I'm truly one who says I'm a believer in him, if I truly appreciate the sacrifice he made, I'm going to live this life in a good way. And it's going to be filled. With good deeds. What's a good deed? A good deed is a deed that obeys what the Holy Spirit says. Because he's the one living on the inside of you, right? So whatever he tells you to do, do it. And that's a good deed. Amen. And a person who walks around living life in that way is a person that you can look at their life and see that fruit of love. Because that's what comes out of the Holy Spirit. You'll see fruits of love that people will just be walking up and enjoying off of that person's life. And what they're really doing is they're enjoying the God in you that has now come out of you for their benefit. Amen. And all of that was a part of his great plan when the currency of the blood was paid for your life. Yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. So, Father, we thank you once again for your blood, and we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise for the victory that we have. Yes. Glory to God because of your blood. <laughs> there is no defeat in the blood, so there's no defeat in our lives. There's no failure in the blood, so there's no failure in our lives. We thank you, and we give you glory, honor, and praise for the blood. And we declare, we claim victory. Victory in our health, victory in our households, victory in our finances. We declare, Satan, you have been defeated. You have no claim on any of our lives or any of our stuff. So we right now settle it. That all is truly well. We declare it. We decree it, we speak it, we demand it in Jesus' name. And we thank you in advance for the results that we see from this. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on, give him one more hand clap of praise.